Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Martial arts has been an inspiration. You, you took uh, concepts from old Kung Fu movies and applied them in your lyrics. You, you yeah. call Staten Island Shaolin, and the title Liquid Swords refer, refers to battle rapping. What parallels do you find between those movies and life and, and the hip-hop scene? Well, if you, if you take Kung Fu or martial arts, if you go back to the flicks, usually it was always someone who was skilled trying to challenge someone else's skills. That's kind of like what hip-hop is. That's what it was for us back then. We used to travel through the borough, from borough to borough, or neighborhood, neighborhood, town to town, and we would just look for whoever was said to be the best in that town, and we would just challenge them, you know, <laughs> pull out our sword, and we'd challenge them. And um, that's usually what a lot of Kung Fu flicks and martial art flicks are, are about, you know, challenging. Friendly battle, though, not, mm. not to the death, but a friendly... Just to some friend, injury. I know hip-hop has become <laughs> crazy nowadays with all this beef and battling, which is really crazy. But, I mean, martial arts played a big role in our lives while growing up. Martial arts is not just a form of self-defense. It has a philosophy that applies to it, which you can apply to life. I mean, like, one of the things they say is that the best way of winning is without fighting. So, you know, mm. I think that's, that's deep within itself. Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast classic music reviews presented by iv creative it's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view we appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective you could be anywhere listening to anything but you're right here with us so we thank you with you today is yours truly and with me is my boy jo here in a place to be joining me here to chop it up over yet another classic album jay glad to have you here with me again and as we step into the month of november I can't believe that we are now in the 11th month of this year, 2020, which has felt like 20 years mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just one, bruh. Come but, on, 2021. Come on, 2021. And please have something better in store than this, man. I feel yes, Lord. I feel like when I was sitting here doing the very first review, one of the first reviews of this year, we were doing D'Angelo's Voodoo when I sat here with Damo. And we found out that Kobe Bryant had died. I, we did that recording on the day that Kobe Bryant had died. And I was like, wow. You know, this is pretty bad. And I didn't realize how bad the year was going to go. Recently, as of this recording, if you're listening, a lot of uh, different celebrities and people, prominent people have passed away this year. Just to name a few. Of course, we know Chadwick Boseman. There's a few other folks that have passed away. Uh, Most recently, as of this week, as of yesterday, actually, of this taping was Sean Connery, the original James Bond, and so many different other iconic roles that he had in movies. So, man, 2020, we about done with it, man. So... (laughs) <laughs> Let's go ahead and get through with this. But we in the 11th month, man. It's been a great year so far for the Vault Classic Music Reviews. Shout out to all the listeners stateside and worldwide. All of you who are tw- who are tuning in, even on our new host on Red Circle. We continue to have record months. Another record broken last month. 
for downloads in a month, guys. Thank you so much for spreading the word out there. The word's starting to get out there. Continue to spread the word as this thing continues to get bigger, man. So thank you all once again. And as you know, here on The Vault, we say that our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics. And we have yet another one here today. And we're going to go back 25 years ago to 1995 and take a look at the genius, a.k.a. Jizza, member of the Wu-Tang Clan, and look at his second solo album, the classic Liquid Swords, released November 7th, 1995 on Geffen Records. 25 years ago, and it also coincides with other Wu-Tang albums that came out in this year, along with Built Only for Cuban Links by Raekwon, which came out earlier this year in August. And in the springtime also was Return to 36 Chambers by Old Dirty Bastard, which came out in 1995. So all in all, a very productive year for the Wu-Tang Clan as a clique. And this was the album that ended up coming along and pretty much closing out the year for them in the fall was Jizza's Liquid Swords. So some particulars about Liquid Swords, as we said, November 7th, 95, was actually recorded in Rizza's basement studio in New York City on Staten Island, has a runtime of 50 minutes and 49 seconds, released on Geffen slash MCA Records, and the album was almost entirely produced and executive produced by Rizza, except for one track, that was track number 13 on here, which was Bible, which is basic instructions before leaving Earth, performed by Killer Priest, who was a Wu-Tang affiliate, member of Sons of Man and other groups. Um, that was actually only on the bonus track on the CD. And Reza here had a busy time right after releasing Enter the 36 Chambers, which was Wu-Tang's debut album, produced albums for Method Man, for Raekwon, for ODB, and now finishing up this track with Jizza, and then had other projects as well, upcoming with Ghostface Killer the year after that. So a very busy time. Now, Liquid Swords, Jay, um, <laughs> you're a hip-hop head. I'm a hip-hop head. We both grew up in the same era. Um, we grew up in the same area. I would like to say that we have similar taste in music, hence the reason why we do this show together. Um, you're very apt to some other styles of music. I know that you, you know, you're very keen in a lot of West Coast music. You were in a uh, West Coast music at that particular time more than I was. Um, I've grown an affinity more for some West Coast music at this time. I could probably say around this particular time, we were probably big fans of Wu-Tang. But what I'll have to say is even back then in 95, when it came to solo albums that everybody was looking for, I don't really think anybody was really anticipating Jizz's Liquid Swords at that time. You know? Yeah, Which that's is, pretty fit. Yeah. Yeah. Fair assessment. But here it came along, and everybody knew that Jizza sort of had skills. He was sort of like, I guess, the yin and the yang. If there was a yin and the yang of Wu-Tang, it was really Rizza and Jizza, you know, the resurrector and the genius. Um, they were really the two architects when it comes to Wu-Tang. So as Rizza is considered to be like the architect, like the producer, sort of like the conductor of Wu-Tang, because he's the one who produces the music. He gave the direction of so many different other things. Jizza has been described as the spiritual leader of, of, of Wu-Tang. Really, a lot of the things that you see, a lot of the philosophies when it comes to Wu-Tang are really from a lot of his way of thinking and modes, philosophies, things of that nature. He's also the oldest member of Wu-Tang, as I found out as well. As this album came out, we had just come coming off of Only Built for Cuban Links, the purple tape. We had seen Takao. We had seen Old Dirty Bastard. And here comes Jizza, you know, really out of nowhere. No one really is thinking about it. But as it comes out, you start to hear words and people start telling you about, yo, man, you hear Jizz's joint. You hear Jizz's joint. 
And it's like, nah, well, I, I wasn't running to the store to go get liquid swords back then, but you start hearing these words and then the words and the buzz about it built as time went on. And here we are now 25 years later and the mythology, I guess has grown to a gargantuan state <laughs> because now it's to the point where liquid sword is one of those albums where it's one of the most revered of that particular era and also of all time. So we'll of course start like we always do. So we'll go to liquid swords and just, you went how when you first listened to it, what did you think? And now listening to it in the years that has passed and listening to it this week, what you've thought in all this time that has passed since it's come out. Yeah, just to set another, you know, nineteen ninety five, like late nineteen ninety five, I was had just started ninth grade, was at Jeff. Kinda like you were saying, like, yeah, we knew Jizz's album came out, but at the same time there wasn't that kind of like anticipation, like, you know, with like past projects, like, you know, especially like the purple tape or to Cal or anything like that. So yeah, we all knew Jizza as a member of the Woo, and we knew, you know, his ability, but, like, I don't think the hype was really there as far as, like, you know, him putting out an album. So when, you know, the actual title track, Liquid Source, came out, it was just, like, him and Rizzo on the joint. Like, the beat sounded kind of odd to me, even for a Wu-Tang joint, but I was like, well, yeah, I'm rocking with this, you know what I'm saying, straight. But then, man, like, the joint that really had me want to go cop the album was the song Cold World. Mm. Like, when I saw, like, when I saw the video and, like, how everything was put together, I was like, okay, yeah, I need to go ahead and cop this joint, you know what I'm saying? Like, even, like, the original and the remix he did with D'Angelo, which I thought was even colder. It was like, but mm. yeah, yeah. So like, listen to the project and the other joints that came out from it, because you know other videos followed that even came out like you know in '96. I mean, with the album having come out in '95, just really solidified it for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I bought some good shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, listen to it back then, and, and you know, like certain certain albums, like certain songs could be like your soundtrack for the time period. I would say like this is my soundtrack for late '95, like. Mm. It, help, it helps me to remember like late 95 more vividly like you know what i'm saying like was 14 and like you know it was like really starting like figuratively speaking like come off the porch so yeah. just like going around listening to that drink you know i'm saying just like really just set the mood like being in the city and everything like that so it just like really held true to me for that time but even now when i go back and listen to it like i'm just cruising around because of course i wasn't driving to 14 but like mm-hmm. now if i'm just riding around listening to that drink you know i mean you just can't help but to bob your head it's like mm-hmm. and it's funny like you know what i'm saying with this being on a woo on a Wu release, like, you know, with it being election time and everything like that. I don't know if you've seen it down where you are, but I was out the other day about to put in my ballot or whatever to do the, like the, to drop it off at the box or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so I see people in front of people's houses, like, President's a temporary, but Wu-Tang is forever. And, right. Like, <laughs> I think this album's a testament to that, yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're right. It is a testament to it, man. I was just below you. I was in eighth grade when, I, when this album came out. I remember listening to Cold World and I also remember like how big this was. Like I remember like, you know, like you would listen to like 90, like 95 or 93 back in the day and you would hear like those DJs give like those promos. It'd be like maybe for like an auto shop or for something else. Like one of those promos you would hear, like, you know, DJ Quick or Tigger give and it will always be instrumental in the background. So how I know how big this album got like retroactively, we're looking back at it is that hearing that instrumental for that cold world on a promo on the radio mm-hmm. <laughs> back in the day. And that wasn't a commercial song. Like, you know, it was a Not single, but it wasn't a commercial song, like something that was largely like popular on the radio, which highly requested. But I think I really first got into this album heading out of the eighth grade, going into the ninth grade the following year, like in 96. So mm-hmm. I had a little bit of a late pass on this. But when I started listening to it, the thing that kind of stuck to me about it more than anything else was Jizza and his vocabulary. 
like I was looking something up and it said like, you know, supposedly Jizza has like, I guess like the fourth largest vocab by some analysis. I don't know who the hell did this analysis or how they figured this out, but supposedly he has like the fourth largest vocabulary of any rapper who has put something out in hip hop, which doesn't surprise me because I thought it was the largest, you know, tell you the truth, because one thing like listening to it and then listening to the lyrics, you get like those bars, like, you know, like some of the things that you see and it's sort of different, right? Cause everybody has their appeal from Wu-Tang like Method Man it's his flow but then it's also his voice the presence that he has with ODB it was the shock value that you got from him it was his voice but then also you know the things that you know the intonations in his voice and the sounds and stuff that he made which really sort of his demeanor sort of picked that up with Raekwon it was the fact that it was hard cutting edgy you know what I'm saying his flow was unique and his voice was unique as well with Jizza what you get from him is like the command of the vocabulary and the stuff that he uses. Like I was listening to another interview, the one that we heard prior to coming on for this recording that you heard in the beginning is that what he uses as far as references in his tracks are amazing. The type of things he pulls together, like he pulls together two almost unrelated things in a rhyme and then sort of makes it work to like draw the metaphor to be able to put a couple of bars and tie those two bars together. So when I was first starting to rap, because right around when I got into this album was right when I first started getting into rapping and then learning how to be able to start producing was really what really struck me. Then you start to see the guest spots. And then you see, of course, it's a lot of woo guest spots on there. ODB, you see your deck, you see Ghostface, you see Method, you see Raekwon, all these guest spots on here to sort of make this thing go. And then I don't even have to mention their production because the production's ridiculous. It's RZA, you know? So it's RZA. It's 90s RZA. Yeah, it's 90s RZA. Like, really, when he was in his bag, when Wu-Tang was putting out quality project after quality project, and RZA was the one who was the architect of all these projects and these classic albums that were being put out. But the surprising thing about it, more so than anything else, is that I think when the steam started to pick up from this album, like you said, it wasn't highly anticipated, When it started to pick up, all of a sudden it was like a train going down the track and it was like, yo, it couldn't be stopped. So at that point, we started to talk about Liquid Swords and understanding like how fire the album was. I agree with you on Cold World. The other thing that drew me into this album was the singles and also the video, the shot of shadow boxing in the fourth chamber. You know, like Man. I love Fourth Chamber. <laughs> Probably one of the hardest beats I've ever heard you know? in life. Bro. Yeah. Like. yeah. So that's really what helped to bring me in with this, too. And what it did was take someone who was largely an unsung member of Wu-Tang. I don't want to say he was an afterthought because, you know, Jizza really is a, a big part of the group. But when it came to like solo work, as far as like solo work, he definitely was an afterthought and brought him to the forefront. He really got skills, man. Not only that, but the stuff he's saying. I mean, you can hear stuff about it. He talks about crime capers and things about that. You hear about, you know, like crime stories and stuff like that. There's some stuff in there about violence, but then it's also you listen to it. The things that he ties in with the martial arts themes, like as you heard in the clip before this, about how the whole term about liquid swords mentions about battle rapping and things like that. Literally testing your skills against somebody else's skills, but then also using the philosophies of martial arts and then the stuff, the reason why like, he's so into science, like, you know, Jizz is into a lot of science and stuff like that. You can hear these things about science. It's crazy. It's almost like when they talk about, you know, five percenters, which, you know, Jizz is, you know, is a, a five percenter. Talk about like the mathematics and stuff like that. Like you start to hear all of that being looped into the album. 
So I didn't understand that part of it back then. But when I got older and started going back and revisiting Liquid Swords again, it's like every time I go and listen to this album after that, it's like I gain a new appreciation for something because I catch something I didn't catch before. And I think to me, that's a great testament to any work of art when you're able to catch things that you didn't catch before and you're able to get an appreciation for it the first time around or the last time around that you saw it or listened to it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I love the production on this. I mean, RZA, the thing I love about his snares and the things that he samples, like the snares that he uses or whatever these samples, they're always really hard hitting and they're appropriate for every track that he uses. And I think what it did is it sort of helped to set the standard because after that, every Wu-Tang solo album that came after that really had to be at that level or higher, just like Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links and Purple Tape was. It had to be at that level or higher or else it wouldn't be representative of the quality what Wu-Tang members could put out. So that's, that's what it was. And listening to it this week, like I said, I started pulling things from it that I didn't listen to the last time I listened to it, which maybe had been uh, maybe last year sometime when I first when I listened to it the last time. So. Yeah, so there we are. So now we're going to get into highlights and talk about the tracks uh, that you liked the most, any lowlights that you had. So, Jay, if you have any highlights, man, go ahead and let me know. Probably give me about, you know, three or four highlights that you had in regards to the tracks that are on here. That's going to be tough because, like, I, I named well over three, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I could talk about ones that maybe don't get. I guess I could combine it like we know about ones that don't get talked about as much. So, you know, the joint Cold World. I say it's kind of a, a combination because I mean because of the video, but like Shadow Box and Fourth Chamber, mm-hmm. and then the I got your back, like just where that beat, just where the drink just starts off with where that beat hits and that like that hard kick, that hard stand there, like that wailing moan in it, mm-hmm. yeah, and with that um that kind of like jazzy sample that like, I guess they put that RZA puts in it, like yeah, you know I mean you you just knew that drink was gonna be just like just like a beautiful track, you know what I'm saying? Like um yeah, those um another highlight I would say uh I say living in the world today. Hmm. Okay. To be honest with you, man, I can't think of any low lights on this string. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I hear you. So yeah, it's it, there's not there aren't really any much low lights, if any. The samples you're talking about when I got you back was two samples. One came from as as long as I've got you by the by the char by the Charmels and is it him or me by Jackie Jackson? So two oh, different snap. samples yeah. that are on here. Yeah. yeah, and they use that one for cream as well. Um, yeah, at, um, the Charmels joint. Yeah, yeah, Charmels. Yeah, exactly. I hear you, man. My my highlights. So I love actually the first verse from Gold. I actually love both of the verses by Gold. But then mm-hmm. Cold World. <laughs> I love investigative reports <laughs> because you get three great verses on there with Raekwon, with Jizza, and with Ghostface. Actually, I love that Ghostface verse because it's almost it's vintage Ghostface, especially during that particular time because he hadn't even come out with a solo album yet. I love investigative reports. Um, also love the fact that you guys just did the hook on that and he didn't rap. Um <laughs> I got to give it with you with that, man. The samples on I Got You Back and then the me- the message being spit on there as well to me was great. I already told you about Shadow Boxing and Fourth Chamber. Like, the Shadow Boxing is another one of those beats. It's just like, damn, how in the hell did RZA pull this off? You know, and then like Fourth Chamber, it's just like, <laughs> that was crazy, insane. though, because insane, insane, insane beat. 
insane verse by Ghostface, insane verse by Jizza and Killer Priest and Reza, even Reza. Like everybody killed it on that joint, man. I was just like, yo, this <laughs> right. is crazy. Like this is wow. So every like Wu Tang album or solo album, there's a track on there that sort of just makes you stop in your tracks. And to me, that fourth chamber is the one that makes me stop on my tracks. Like, damn, this shit. Wow, bro. Like, yo, this shit fire as hell. And I love the beginning of the whole album with Liquid Swords and that clip that they use, which was the um, the original clip was from the Legends of Lone Wolf, which was from the movie Shogun Assassin. And if you remember in Kill Bill Part 2, that was used near the end when she was putting her daughter to sleep. And, you know, Rizzo helped to score and helped to do music for uh, Kill Bill, uh, the Kill Bill movie series. And it's interesting that he pulled that sample again. They used that movie to go into, you know, the music peach was led to her going down to Bill before the, like, pretty much the penultimate scene of the movie itself. So the the Kung Fu samples in here, I mean, always present in most Wu-Tang albums, but definitely prevalent in this one and appropriately used because of the title of the actual album, Liquid Swords. So to me, not much lowlights in here anyway, man. I mean, I, you know, I'm not a fan of Master Killer. Right. <laughs> I mean, when I listen to this album, I'm more so reminded even more while I think it should have been Killer Priest and Master Killer Spot when it came to Wu-Tang Clan, but that's just me. You know, <laughs> but <laughs> right. I mean, and I will say this with like a, I gotta say this with like Duel of the Iron. I will say, mm-hmm. I think he came across decent. You know, what I'm yeah, saying? He, he did was tolerable. I'll say that. Yeah, he was. He did come across decent in this one. It's it's just um, when you're on a team full of all stars, though, right? It's like, God, you know. I was hoping yeah. like maybe the the level would have came up a little bit more, but he was definitely decent on Duel of the Iron Mike, though, without a doubt. And um, but Deck. This is just another thing, and the thing that I think that kind of pisses me off more than anything else is that Deck has a couple of great verses on here. It kind of makes me even more mad that he couldn't get a decent solo joint out. You know that was um, that was yeah. qu- you know up to the quality where he to the quality where he had the potential to be able to make. Let me put it that way. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like if he would have came out like in that time, like around mm. 94, 95, 96. Like, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no telling how fire it had been telling how fire that album would have been, you know. So, like when you talk about some, what I love about RZA and the production with this is that everything that he does. Well, everyone will say like I remember I was talking to somebody. Somebody was saying, "Oh, you know, the thing I don't like about RZA is all his beats sound the same." And I'm like, "Pause. <laughs> you obviously you're not a Wu Tang fan or studied RZA's work because you may think they all sound the same, but if you listen to every album that RZA has produced." For Wu-Tang himself or other Wu-Tang members, you will know that he never recycles material. And if he does recycle material, he makes sure or, or samples, he makes sure that they don't sound alike to each other so that the samples sound like he jacked it and he was running out of creative ideas. Like, if anything, mm-hmm. RZA makes sure. I got your back. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. saying Jane for cream yeah, and then cream. Well and sound for well, that. So. Exactly. And so... The thing that I love about what RZA does is that he produces, but he knows his artist and the themes of what he's going for well, because what you hear is that nothing sounds alike. Everything sounds oh. different. Everything and sounds and different. And, 
Yeah, and that, that extends beyond Wu-Tang, too, because they got to remember, like, man, they fans of Biggie, Long Kiss Goodnight, that was produced by RZA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it was just joint. like, yeah, that joint ridiculous, man. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So what I, what I loved about this is that he crafts a sound, particularly for that artist, and this one fits Jizza like, well, really, really well. To me, I think like the contributions on this are while this is just his album, he leaves his mark on this. Really, the contributions on this is what I think what helps elevate it up to another level because being able to get contributions from like like Matt, from, from like Master Killer and even a guy like Killer Priest, who at that time many people hadn't heard much of and would get to hear more from later on in the decade and um, be able to see the type of talent that there was with the different wool affiliates like. You know, the like the Grave Diggers, like Sons of Man, like Killer Army, you know. So so I think that's what helped, ele- helped elevate this even more. So now we're going to get into notable quotables. And I know there are lots of them on here, but I had to, a lot of trouble really figuring out what I was going to pick. But I picked one. So, Jay, what did you have for notable quotables? So for me, let me just see. Actually, my first one's going to be on Living in the World Today. You know what I'm saying? Just a second verse. Mm-hmm. He was like, my preliminary attacky cemetery is packed of niggas who think it ain't like that. MCs are gunned down, like being run down by mad trucks. Then God struck. Religious niggas call it bad luck. <laughs> Raps celeb, you got caught up in the web. Now bees are stinging. Yo, them niggas are singing. I'm sw- just swinging stores strictly based on keyboards. Unbalanced like elephants and ants on seesaws. Mm, balanced like oh. elephants and seesaws. <laughs> and then ants and elephants on seesaws. Y'all like, yo, where the fuck did you get that from? <laughs> and then, like, I got to say with um with Fourth Chamber, if I can bring it up and um. Now, of course, everybody's everybody's like verse on it was fire, but going back to Rizzo's verse, like, mm-hmm. you know, so I'll, I'll start, I mean, just the part where he started off, like, he was like, camouflage chameleon, ninja skeleton in your building, no time to grab the gun, they already got your wife and children, a hit was sent from the president, rage your residence because you had secret evidence and documents on how they raped the continents, like, mm, yeah. that part, but then, like, what really, like, struck me, like, this kind of, like, just shows, like, the genius level of Woog is, like, the way Rizzo talks in his, in his rhyme, it's, it's damn near a language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it is. Like, at the, ver- at the very end, he was like, rolling with the lamb, 12 tribes, 140,000 chosen, protons, electrons, always cause explosions. Like, yeah, I didn't yeah. realize this, like, maybe a few years later, but he was basically in the rhyme saying peace. Yeah, exactly. Protons, right. electrons, always cause explosions. explosions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting there, just like, mind blown. It's that advanced mathematics thing, man. Like, yo, it's like the one thing I have to get credit for, like, those, like, to Jizza and Rizza, like, that. those advanced mathematics that, you know, 5% stuff, like, really... It it does blow your mind when you actually go back and start listening to that. And, you know, you don't have to be into it, but like you know, being around a lot of folks in hip hop and hearing enough about five percent stuff with it, math, math like it just cr- blows your mind when you start hearing some of that stuff. Like you like yo, it's just like yeah, because I didn't I didn't catch that until maybe a couple of years later, a couple of years ago either. You know, listening to that and it was just like oh. Hmm, okay. And then, yeah, and, then, and plus, like, even on, um, and just, like, go back off of that, I mean, on Triumph, like, when he was, like, charge of the wooden soldier, C-Cypher punks couldn't hold us, a thousand men rushing in, that one nigga was, like, C-Cypher punks. Up, C-Cypher I didn't punks. realize he was spelling cops at that point. Yeah, yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, man. It was like you mentioned something on another track about, uh, about um, it might have been on, um, I don't know which one it was, man, but he was talking about some about arm, leg, leg, arm, head. You know, <laughs> and that was, you know, what that spells out. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, now nah, it's it's crazy, though, man. Like I said, that's the one thing that I have to give. And you hear a lot of stuff like that, like, you know, in, in Jesus rhymes, too. But my verse, 
one of them though, I definitely because I definitely wanted the the first verse that Jizza had on gold was one that I was thinking about, but on investigative reports, my verse three, which was Ghostface, and Ghost says. Yo, I grabbed a pen for revenge and it loose. Seat like Muslims standing on the block, rocking the Kufi. The $100 kick, rocking kids back for more. Starting gold wars with black Reeboks and velours. Jungle way of life, living villain. Packed with visions, copywritten. Throw bread to pigeons, crisis vision. King elegant, slang master jackets, expensive nubal hats. In 69, old Thomas times, the brothers shot craps. The baggy blue guest jeans, pull strings, elf and palm springs. I'm locked in the bing, rocky ring, labeled the rap king. The corner emperor. The Colton Thieves play the benches. Rednecks be hanging big niggas down in Memphis. Back in now, why? Hit the bullseye with loaded nines. Life is like Tarzan swinging from a thin vine. Shattered dreams, then mirrors. Don't need oppressed spirals. Aim at the white shadows with big barrels of moettas. The bald headers milking amarettas. Who fear none? Question all personal vendettas. Yo, they use guns while we angrily shoot arrows. You better keep your eye on the sparrow. So... Just a few things. One of the things about a ghost when he rhymes, it seems like he may seems like he's rhyming almost like in stream of consciousness sometimes, right? Because it's just yeah. like <laughs> like the throwing bread to pigeons, crisis risen, king elegant, slang master, jackets expensive, noodle hats, and sixty nine old timers with brothers that shoot craps and interesting. Like a line that he says is, "Life is like Tarzan swinging from a thin vine." So <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like ghost always has like those. It's almost sort of like that one ghost verse from the game with Pete rock because he was saying stuff. And I remember Tigger asked him about that. Like, yo, like what do you be talking about when you be saying certain things? He was like, yo man, just stuff. I'd be, you know, you watch a certain things and be reading to get inspired by stuff, write stuff down. You know what I'm saying? And that was just like, all right, cool. You know, so, but nah, he had a couple of fire verses on here, but yeah, lots of no, lots of quotables on here. I mean, shoot, you could even go with even Dex verse on Cold World, you know, and even Dex verse as well on Absolutely. on uh, Duel of the Iron Mike too, man. Um, <laughs> you really get to see him sort of shine on this one as well. So this album just went platinum five years ago. <laughs> just was certified platinum five years ago. It was twenty years after its release. That's that's, uh, crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. That's like sort of like the same thing we talked about with Illmatic. Like Illmatic didn't reach platinum until I want to say maybe 15 years after it came after it came out. It was something like 10 or 15 years after it came out. And it's one of those things I think with this is that while it was big at the time, the legend of an album grows as time goes on. So I think that as we moved through and people gave it this is critical acclaim and the sort of the mythology that followed with this album it was like that's when people started to catch on to it, sort of like just like the way people did with Illmatic, and it went platinum years afterwards. 20 years after its release, when you talk about as far as like some of the best albums in 95, there's a few lists that I have. This is the best rap album of 95. Some have it as number two behind only Bill for Cuban Links. When you talk about the best Wu solo album, this is almost universally by almost everyone who's a rap fan or who knows Wu-Tang or who doesn't, maybe not even a huge fan but knows their work, Almost universally, everybody places this in their top three. And um, I think that it belongs there, rightfully so. At least within this top three or top five of the Wu solo albums that have come out. As a matter of fact, um, there was a retrospective list, a couple of them that I've seen that has had this ranked or pretty much any one of those top, those top three spots. Now we're going to get into the ultimate test and see, you know, what's the verdict with this album? Is it a certified classic? Is it a borderline classic? Is it a classic just in this time? Or was it not a classic at all? 
And Jay, I'm <laughs> going to have to ask you, but you know, what, what's your verdict on this, man? What say you? I'm going to certify classic, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just, it, it's undeniable. Like, I mean, just like for the quality of it and the fact people weren't really anticipating, I think it makes it that much more special. So like, mm. yeah, I got to go certify classic on this one. I'll echo your sentiment on that, that it's a certified classic. And I think that we talk about the main reason why we do this show is that we want to see how albums age. You know, we talk about this big thing about classics, right? Everyone wants to talk about when albums come out. We, those of you who are listening know that Busta Rhymes just put out a new album. It's extension level event Two, the wrath of God, which a lot of people have put out. And, you know, people tend to, when they listen to stuff, we heard great things about the album. People tend to put the classic label on things way too quickly. It's like, Oh, you listen to it 10 minutes after you finish listening to it. It's a classic or a week later, it's a classic. And when this first came out, I would probably venture to say that people weren't saying that this was a classic album when it first came out. But I think as the year has gone on, as I've mentioned, the legend of this album has grown more and more and people start to see the quality of it. The fact that you listen to it even now, 25 years later, and it's still as fresh and still as high a quality as it was back then. And you continue to get more things from it. As I said, I learned and started to pull more things and caught more things than I did before. And as the legend grows, to me, I think that's the part of what helps to make a classic album. This is an album that we're going to be listening to. And when you and I, Jay, are in our 50s and 60s, that mm-hmm. when we'll be listening to these antiquated things called CDs, <laughs> or at that point, we'll still be <laughs> listening to MP3s, or there right. might be some, some other digital delivery at that point in time. Probably put a chip in our head yeah, or something. Exactly. Like, you know what I'm saying? We just like nod your head. Yeah, and nod your head. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be listening. And when we're talking to your kids, you know, and um and, and eventually mines, we'll be sitting there listening to them and telling them like this is the type of quality music that we listened to back then. And they'll sit there and look at us like we're crazy. <laughs> you know, but that's the way it'll be able to endure. So to me, I think it's endured in that particular time because then not only that. But in the profile that it had when it first started, it was that low profile and it's gone to almost mythic status in hip hop culture where this is almost a must have, must listen to album if you consider yourself a hip hop head. And that's why I say it's a certified classic. We're both unanimous. So there you have it with Liquid Swords. Guys, 25 years since it's come out. The anniversary is approaching this week, actually. As a matter of fact, Jizza is planning on doing a live stream performance of all the tracks of liquid swords it's supposed to be i guess we'll have that in the show notes you can check the show notes for the story of jizza doing the 25th anniversary show and virtual performance for liquid swords i wish i could be at a a concert with that actually like live in person but you know that's covid covid has done things and unfortunately though we got to find another way to celebrate so make sure y'all go check out liquid sword by genius aka jizza and go listen to it, man. Listen to, just listen to the lyrics. Listen to the production. See the guest spots, how everything sort of comes together with this. And just sit there, listen back, and open up your mind to the possibilities of things that you, the things you can learn and the things that are being said here. It really is a gem, man. It's a gem for one of the best years in recent hip-hop history. And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you go check us out on our new host, Red Circle. You can also get to all of our streaming platforms and social media pages by going to our link tree. If you go to any one of our social media sites, you can actually get to our link tree by clicking on the link in our bio. Once again, you can find us on Instagram on at Vault CMR Podcast, on Twitter at Vault Classic. 
And also on Facebook and YouTube, you can search us, The Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast. Make sure you like the Facebook page. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Definitely connect with us and interact with us on social media. We love interacting with the fans. We do everything here we do at The Vault for you. We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend. And then make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we want to remind everybody to dream big. Because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate. Because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we stay peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.